It ain't the left side or the right side, then it must be the fin side. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side with Cat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, the finfanatic.com website, and the fan sided network as well. We are done with preseason. The Dolphins 53 man roster has been set. You're going to probably see some adjustments between now and game one against the Patriots. We'll be sure to get to all that first, but we're actually going to start with some Patriots news here today. As we've uh, heard, uh, Cam Newton has been released. Um, Stefan Gilmore is on the PUP list, so he's going to be out the first six weeks uh, of the season here. Definitely missing game one against the Dolphins. And they also uh, brought a familiar face in, into their organization, wide receiver Malcolm Perry. So a lot going on with the Dolphins' week one opponent, Paul. Mostly, the Dolphins are going to be facing a rookie in week one to his former teammate Mac Jones. Well, not only that, right now, let's let's really get into it about Cam- well, All right, the Steph Gilmore news I was excited about. The Malcolm Perry news, I'm I'm a little disappointed that I do get to see him in week 1, but unfortunately it's on the wrong sideline. But you look at it, Mac Jones is the starter. Stidham, I believe went on PUP. Yeah, the Patriots have one quarterback right now. Brian Hoyer's on the practice squad. Somehow, maybe I've got to check up on that. I think They've I heard that one. one. They and have one quarterback on their active roster as of as of a few hours ago. And, and Cam Newton, uh, pretty sure the Texans are like, are looking at him, going, "Hey, baby, come here." So, yeah, yeah. yeah. one quarterback well, I, and it's a rookie, yeah, right? And I think, yeah, Matt, I mean, two There's sizes. No- I thought Flores made a statement about Tua being his guy, but boy, did Belichick make a statement about Mac Jones being his guy. There's, there's no one else. Yeah, and it... it Do you think you know, he's going to use Malcolm Perry at quarterback? Attention, listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth-generation and brand-new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. First scheduled for liftoff, the new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. This spaceship is here to guide you on a journey to trim your body, balls, butt, and even Uranus. This fourth generation trimmer also features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on off switch, and can engage a travel lock, and it's even waterproof. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. It's like having a little astronaut to chop your worst weeds up top in your nose and ear. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. I bet he's the emergency guy if they've only got one quarterback on the roster right now. But, uh, yeah, it's um, – look, I, as far as Mac Jones here, man, it could go really one of two ways. Number one, the Dolphins are facing a rookie quarterback in week one now. We're not facing the, the Cam Newton that, you know – really punched the Dolphins in the mouth week one last year. Um, the other side of it, too, is if in week one Mac Jones t- 
takes down the Dolphins and Tua, what a slap in the face that's going to be to begin the season. Uh, and there's no other we- easy way to say that there. But, yeah, I mean, a very definitive statement there by the Patriots and and by Bill Belichick. And I don't blame them. I mean, Mac Jones has looked great in preseason, has looked great in camp, according to reports. So big showdown in week one now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd say I don't blame him if he kept at least any other quarterback. Right now, it just looks weird. So it's simple. Just injure Mac Jones. I mean, yeah, hurt Mac Jones, and you're gonna be facing Malcolm Perry all day. According, our our pregame show is gonna be three minutes, just talking about (laughs) which one of his uh, legs rip off. I mean, that's that's pretty pretty simple there. I mean, go get him, Emmanuel Agba. I mean, (laughs) uh, I mean, but uh, also too. I mean, what may even be bigger from a matchup perspective now is Stephon Gilmore is gonna be (sighs) out, and. The Dolphins are expected to have their their full slate of receivers for week one, except for Will Fuller. Devontae Parker's back. Uh, Mike Sticky will be in the lineup. Jalen Waddell's healthy. Albert Wilson's healthy. So besides Will Fuller, yeah, they, they might be able to spread the field and, and really exploit some matchups here. That's the expectation. But as Jeff Jordan just pointed out in our chat, NFL NFL Network experts, 8 out of 10, had the Patriots still winning the game with one quarterback and missing Stephon Gilmore. I saw that, and, and look, it's it, the Patriots are. I wonder what the who did Michael Irvin pick? Because that's like the reverse of the Groundhog seeing a shadow. Yeah, I don't pay. I don't pay attention to, to celebrities' picks. That's what they are. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Dolph, pa- Patriots are right now favored by two and a half over the Dolphins week one still. So it's, it's not. Let's not talk about this as a layup here. I mean, it, I mean, I it's I'm still undecided. I'm still just undecided who I'm going to pick, to be quite honest with you, because you know, week one we thought the Dolphins had a lot of momentum going into that game, and they they got they got punched pretty squarely between the uh, between the eyes. Well, so, and, and to be fair too, the Patriots in, in seasons that they've dominated have come out and laid a goose egg in week one. Uh, remember that match against true. the Bills decade, like ten years ago, I think it was or longer. Right after they cut Lawyer Malloy, and they yep. then then they signed him, and Sam Adams had that. Had that pick six at 350 pounds. Uh, yes, I do remember that. Yeah, the, gosh, that was almost 20 years ago. Now. But you're right; it's 35 more, to nothing, something like that. But more recent examples too of the Patriots not doing well in Week One or just in the month of September compared to the rest of the months usually. So, yeah, I. Um, so we'll see. But uh, you know, all we're going to say about the quarterback position and Deshaun Watson is that. Brian Flores has come out and made very clear to it is the starter. We talked enough about it last week. We went deeper into that than I wanted to. So we're just going to take that and we're going to move on to the Dolphins 53 man roster here. And we spent a lot of time, Paul, in the offseason talking about this, making a lot of predictions. And hey, I'm going to pat ourselves on the back here. In our final show before the Bengals game, we had 43 locks. And I actually added one overnight. Uh, who was Durham Smythe. So out of those 44, 42 that we had selected made the roster. The only two that did not were Larnell Coleman, who went on injured reserve uh, and had a very bad game against the Bengals in the last preseason game. And Renardrick McKinney, who was, yeah. who was cut, which was a really big surprise. I mean, you know, 
when I look at McKinney too, when the Dolphins traded for him, they traded Shaq, Shaq Lawson for Bernard McKinney. Lawson st- since has been has been flipped for a late round pick, so obviously they didn't think too highly of him anyway. And who knows if he would have stuck on the Dolphins. Bernard McKinney takes a pay cut down to three million dollars after he's traded, then ends up getting cut. They basically cut him a check for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Say thank you. You're not as good as we thought you were. And they're going with Sam Aguavon and Landon Roberts, but still a pretty big surprise. Absolutely. I did not see that one coming. Um, anybody that tells you they saw that one coming is crazy. I mean, I remember when he he started off having some really good days in camp and, and doing the press conferences. The reporters were drooling over him. The fans were drooling over him. He was drooling all over himself. But it doesn't sound like Flores was doing too much drooling when it came to him. Yeah, the reason I thought he was an odd fit was because this is a defense where the linebackers have to cover a lot of ground. And I know that that third linebacker we talked about, probably going to be more of a thumping type. You know, Landon Roberts assumed that role last year. Looks he will, looks like he will again this year, along with Sam Egwavon. Um, But when he took a pay cut down to $3 million, I thought, okay, well, he's going to stick around for that. But also, if you can't cover in this defense, it's, it's really tough. And I... I watched a lot of him, you know, in the games he did play in 2020, and I thought he looked big and stiff, even bigger and stiffer than he he has been in his career. Now I know that he made the Pro Bowl a few years ago, made a lot of plays, but I, I he's really not the same type of player anymore. And when well, you were talking about him being off the field on third down, that that's a death nail in this defense. Well, I mean, it, you look at what they kept at the linebacker position: Jerome Baker, speed. Sam Egwavon, speed. Andrew Van Ginkle, speed. Brennan Scarlett, speed. Landon Roberts, speed. Duke Riley, speed. Jalen Phillips, speed. Right. Bernard yeah. McKinney, thump. Like. And I'm, I'm not. I know that as far as forty times are concerned, Jerome Baker, Andrew Van Ginkle, and Duke Riley all ran under four five five coming in the NFL draft. Uh, Sam Aguavon, I'd imagine, I, I'm not sure what he what he ran or how he tested out. He was he took a weird route to get here. So Yeah, and Landon Roberts, I'm pretty sure he was in that range too. I mean, uh, so yeah, you're right about that. Brennan Scarlett's more of an edge guy, but still. Well, it's... And good, you, good, speed, good speed for his size. No and, and, and you look at guys like Aguavon, you, uh, you look at guys like Landon Roberts, they make their money on not just their 40 times speed but also the fact that they just pick and they just go they just pick and they just go they just pick and they just go you know what i mean it's not it's not something where they hang back read a lot of things read a lot. those two are literally just bam go bam go like we've talked about it with roberts in the past when he when he picks correctly it is a huge, huge play, a huge stuff in the backfield. When he picks wrong, he's nowhere near it. And Flores likes aggressive defense, and he likes versatility. And what he's got now on the roster screams speed, quick decisions, and versatility. Right, and... do like that in his role he's not he's going to be playing probably what 20 25 snaps a game 
And a lot of that is going to be kind of in three linebacker looks, which the Dolphins are not going to go to very often. So I can deal with that. But, man, if if Van Ginkle or Baker go down, that could get ugly. And I think you might be seeing Jalen Phillips dropping back a little bit more than you think because you're going to have those three defensive linemen up front playing a lot of snaps together, uh, Raekwon Davis, Christian Wilkins, and and Zach Sealer. Um, So – I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see those three, as well as Jalen Phillips and Ogba on the field at the same time. Yeah, I'd take it to half of what you just said. I mean, Van Ginkle going down would hurt, but if we lose Jerome Baker right now, that is devastating. Um, there's no one that I think. I think it was Travis Wingfield put it about. You know, Baker just being that straw that stirs the drink there in the middle of the defense. Um, it, it's it, everybody else has their roles circling around him, but he basically is the guy. I mean, what was it? Seven sacks, hundred plus tackles um, last year. It, it's he does a lot of everything, and it doesn't get him a lot of notoriety, but he doesn't care. It gets him recognized by the coaches. And there are a lot of fans that do recognize what, what he means to this defense, and there just isn't somebody that can step into his shoes effectively. But he makes the defense faster, and he covers a lot of ground in the middle of the defense. Yeah, it's, and that's the quality that can be irreplaceable uh, in this defense. Because if, if you lose Baker, you don't want Van, Gink, Van Ginkle patrolling the middle of the defense. You want him on the edge. And then after that, Sam Egwavon, yes, he's impressed, but you, you're going to lose a lot of speed if you go down to Egwavon. And then after that, Duke Riley, I mean, he, the speed you might replace a little bit, but not completely. And I think you're getting a far worse player going from Jerome Baker to Duke Riley. So I, I agree with you. So, Cat, so real quick, we got a question from you, Dotus. Uh, what does Fedulum have on flow? Must be something incredibly embarrassing special teams uh skills i guess i mean i he he and duke riley were the two that i i could have certainly done without i understand that but i the, the dolphins cut calvin munson at linebacker i expected them to keep either fedulum or munson one of those two purely for special teams ability because we knew they were going to keep a few of those guys on the roster but yeah i mean i we certainly didn't didn't see a lot of value for him being on the 53-man roster other than being a decent special teamer. Um, but looking uh, moving along to the offensive side of the ball, though, Jakeem Grant renegotiates his salary, takes his uh, 2021 salary from $4.1 million to $3 million, voids, voids the last two years of his contract, so he's going to be a free agent after the 2021 season. I know you're excited about this, Paul. I am. I, I very excited about it. To be honest with you, it, it's you know he's the guy that I wanted here in Miami. Yeah, and you know I I probably haven't liked him over the years as much as you, but I I've always always been a big defender of, of him as a punt returner. And you could say, okay, kick returner, punt returner, so what? I'll go a step further. I I think he's one of the best punt. I think he if I had to pick one punt returner in the league. To catch the ball and take it to the house, it's Jakeem Grant. And I alone would pay $3 million for that trait. And then you add on to that, 
you know, I he had a, he had a bad year last year as a receiver, especially on deep balls. I'll still take him as a fourth or fifth receiver, uh, somebody active on game day. So I'm glad he's back, and I'm glad that the sixth overall pick isn't returning punts, even though he's good at it. I want him focusing more at the wide receiver position. Yeah, and it's with Jakeem, it's always been about potential. Uh, he is just built different than what you're going to see in most places around the league. And sometimes it's a blessing, sometimes it's a curse. But I think he arguably had his best preseason as a receiver uh, with the with limited opportunities this year that we've ever seen from him. He's catching balls that we haven't seen him catching games. We knew that there were occasional drop issues with him coming out of college, and it's something he's been working at. You're starting to see the, the fruit of that work. And I'll go a step further. Like not only the three million a year, I'd pay four million a year. We're paying Clayton Fedulum four million a year to make a couple tackles. I would easily pay Jakeem Grant four million a year to flip the field on occasion. Right, and just an example of that is the game I go back to is last year against the Rams. I mean, we know the Dolphins got up twenty-eight to three, but or twenty-eight twenty-eight to seven, excuse me. But it, you look back at the first half of that game. Um, Rams go up seven nothing. Jakeem Grant um, to set up the Dolphins' first drive catches a punt, dukes out a defender, and takes it past midfield. Dolphins had a short field; they tie the game at seven. Then you have the Emmanuel Agba sack. Van Ginkle takes it to the house for fourteen to seven. Then the Dolphins stop him on defense, kick it to Jakeem Grant. It's twenty-one to seven. So you see. With Jakeem Grant just on special teams, at least one game every year where he is making a dramatic impact. And he was, you know, it's just not just us thinking that. This was the uh, second team all pro as well. So obviously a lot of people in the NFL think that too. So great for Jakeem Grant to be back on the roster here uh, in that special teams role. Let's look at the the rest of the offense here, Paul. The guys right now who are who have stuck here on the 53-man roster. You've obviously got two in Brissett at quarterback. At running back, Miles Gaskin, Savan Ahmed, and Malcolm Brown. Um, Dolphins only kept three running backs. That surprised a lot of people. Usually they keep four or five. Patrick Laird and Jared Dokes get the axe. But as of the time of this recording, they're already back on the practice squad. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think I said last week in my final 53, I did expect Laird cut, but I thought Malcolm Perry would take his place. I didn't imagine that we were going to keep only three. And something tells me that we'll end up with another one uh, before too long. Yeah, and wide receiver, it's Will Fuller obviously out week one. So they kept six guys if we take Fuller out of the mix. Jalen Waddell, Devontae Parker, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, Preston Williams sticks around, and finally six, Mac Collins. Um, Kirk Merritt gets the axe here, and I th- a lot of Dolphins fans are angry about that, but don't be too angry because Kirk Merritt is back, back on the practice squad. He is still a Miami Dolphin, and this worked out. I, I really like how the 53-man roster worked out in conjunction with the practice squad and how it's forming. I do too. There are several moves like Kirk Merritt that I'm a little more okay with given the fact that they're on the practice squad. And, you know, even looking back at the running back position we just talked about with those two guys on the practice squad, you know, I don't expect that Ahmed Gaskin and uh, Brown are all going to get hurt in the same game. I don't. Um, 
you know, and luckily we have a fullback that we can rely upon to step in there in one of our tight ends. Oh, Seathan Carter. Oh, gosh. I'd rather, rather see you taking handoffs. Uh, I, I'm i down. I'll, I, I, I will sign for less than Jakeem Grant to take a few handoffs. Let's so to, they keep five tight ends, and I'm glad they did this too because, look, I, I thought all five were rosterable, and I thought they were going to keep Seathan Carter, and they're obviously going to keep Hunter Long, who's a third-round pick. Durham Smythe and Adam Shaheen are too good to cut. I mean, they're too talented. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that they that they stuck around, too. Offensive line, not a lot of surprises. Yeah, maybe one surprise here. Uh, but I'm glad he made the roster. You've obviously got the starters. Austin Jackson, Liam Eikenberg, Michael Dieter, Robert Hunt, Jesse Davis, Solomon Kinley as the sixth guy, Greg Little, who the Dolphins just traded for, makes the, the roster as the, as the sole backup left tackle our offensive tackle. Greg Mance, who the Dolphins also traded for, is going to be that swingman center. That means Matt Skura and Cameron Tom are out. And Robert Jones. I'm very glad that number 65, Robert Jones, the rookie from Middle Tennessee State, made the team. The Dolphins gave him a $150,000 signing bonus before he came to the roster. So as an undrafted free agent, I'm glad that he made it. And he looked great in the Bengals game. So I hope he gets some action this year. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year uh, we've got a line that, that features at least four of these five as starters, and that's Eichenberg, Kinley, Hunt, and Jones. Um, it, it's So who's playing right tackle in that scenario? I'd have to say Eichenberg on the right tackle. Probably, or, eh, I, I'd go Hunt at right tackle, Eichenberg possibly at the left. Yeah, um and, and I don't Ryan T in the chat. No, I don't agree with you at all. Uh, hard, hard pass on Grant. Um, eh, not, not for me. Uh, th- again, we're talking three million dollars a year. Um, I'm sorry, but I don't. I don't see what a Kirk Merritt or a Malcolm Perry bring to the team that's as valuable as what Jakeem Grant does when he has the ball in his hands on returns. Plain and simple. And um, and and but, I love Parrot and Perry or Merritt and Perry. Um, but I agree with you. It, it's Grant puts the Dolphins in good, positive, short field situations and puts the defense in advantageous situations with the way he flips the field regularly. What did he have? Two punt returns for 54 yards in the last preseason game, I think it was. Something yeah, he like does that. Be- he, he does, he's, does better than that in the regular season. So I'm, right. I'm excited about that. Um, Raging Dolphins Maniac asked if our run defense is going to be better. I would say that our run defense was average last year. They ranked kind of middle of the pack. And if you take out the first four games where they had a really difficult schedule there, then, and especially that first Patriots game where you didn't know what to expect out of Cam Newton, then it's more like a top 10 run defense. I think having that three-man front of Raekwon Davis, Zach Sealer, and Christian Wilkins playing together, and when they – Started playing more together, the run run defense got even better. So I'm I'm certainly um, I certainly think the run defense is not a huge problem, but it's not phenomenal. But it's I think it's good enough. So, so given that, well, oh, before before you move on from that, I'm going to tell you the indirect thing that is making the run defense better this year. If this wide receivers group and if George Godsey and Eric Studsville live up to what we've seen this preseason the run defense is going to be vastly improved. 
because if Miami's pushing the ball down the field, uh, trying for those home runs, and if they're succeeding with the receiving group they have with guys like Will Fuller, healthy Devontae Parker, if Jakeem Grant has half the hands he showed in the preseason, the way Albert Wilson's looked this preseason, and you start running down this list of wide receiver threats and tight end threats and just the way that Miami can spread this field out and, and you've got guys like Gaskin and Ahmed that can take advantage, the more points Miami puts on the board, the less the, that opposing def- offenses are going to be a run-heavy team in the second half or depending on how fast they can get out with a lead. And you face off against the Patriots team without Stephon Gilmore and you're able to push the ball down the field against their secondary you're going to be in a position that you're going to see the Patriots get more and more further away from the run game or other teams if it's not the Patriots. But it's going to happen in multiple games this year. And that's a scenario where, you know, like I remember the Raiders a few years back being a horrific, horrendous team. And their run defense was ranked, I think, dead last in the league. And and their pass defense was ranked up near the top, I think, in the top five. And I remember listening to commentators go gaga over that fact. Like, it's so weird that they're so good against the, the, the pass, but they're so terrible against the run. Teams stopped throwing on them in the second quarter when they were up by 21. Period. Yeah, yeah. When uh, That's why I, I a lot of times I just ignore, like, like team defense overall rankings because it's based on yards. So is, so is pass defense, so is run defense. And... You know, I, I like that the Dolphins kept 12 defensive backs or they're prioritizing the secondary. And they've been doing that since Brian Flores has been here. That's the way to do it in the NFL now. And the Dolphins can win by playing back to front, not front to back. But now they've got, you know, Agba and Phillips on the edge with with the three good defensive tackles. Can really give them the best of both worlds. This defense could be phenomenal this year. Um, so looking at that defense, We'll we'll take a look at the seven defensive linemen, including Phillips in that group, because it's it's hard to differentiate. Agba and Phillips at defensive end, then at defensive tackle. Really, they kept five defensive tackles: uh, Raquan Davis, Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, Adam Butler, John Jenkins. And I am glad that they kept John Jenkins over Jason Strobridge because first I. You know, Strawbridge is a rosterable player. I'm not sure if he's been picked up yet. Um, but I, I like that when they want to go into heavy run defense looks, they can put John Jenkins at nose tackle. They can put Raekwon Davis, move him out a little further toward the edge to go with a bigger front. And if something happened to Raekwon Davis, you could just plug John Jenkins right in there. You don't have to try to play Christian Wilkins in that spot when he's not that big space-eating type of player. So I like that John Jenkins is back, and he played great for the Dolphins in 2019, and I really wanted him back last year. Well, here's the thing, too. Their goal line defense is going to look pretty damn big up front this year. It's not going to have, like, little pass rushers that, you know, can count as defensive tackles. It's going to have some big, beefy guys right there smack in the middle of an offense, offensive line. Yeah, and at linebacker, uh, six guys we've talked about at length. Jerome Baker, Andrew Van Ginkle, Alandon Roberts, Brennan Scarlett, Duke Riley, Sam Egwavon in no particular order. And the Vince Beagle goes on injured reserve. Tough break for him. Going to miss his second straight year. He'll be 29 when he comes back. He'll be a free agent. Probably the last time we've seen Vince Beagle. Also on injured reserve, Lynn Bowden, Alan Hearns, Larnell Coleman. I put on IR this week. 
and of course uh, Vince Beagle as well. Um, defensive back kept twelve kept twelve uh, defensive backs at cornerback. Xavier Howard and Byron Jones start safety. Eric Rowe, and then you've got either Jason McCourty or Javon Holland starting week one. Nick Needham and uh, Justin Coleman at cornerback, along with Noah Igbenogany. Um, Elijah Campbell, who was just picked up while Jamal Perry was cut. Uh, and Trill Williams at cornerback. Safety, you've got five, or you've, your backup safeties, you got Javon Holland, like, like I said, Brandon Jones, and Clayton Fedulum. So, He's well, not we got safety. <laughs> we got you, you. got one of your wishes, kinda. Jamal I, Perry out of there. I no, I didn't. But actually, not not of not over the last couple weeks, I should say. He finally turned a corner, and Miami went nah, nah. Like they just said, we need to get rid of all things Perry from our roster. <laughs> nope, Cat. I think you're on mute here. I sure am. I sure am. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, Elijah Look, Campbell. Perry should have just changed his name again, by the way. That, then yeah. maybe he could have stayed. That's for sure. Uh, so Jamal Perry who cut Elijah Campbell signed. You know, he's, he was undrafted out of Northern Iowa. I, d I don't remember a whole lot of him back in college. Then in 2019, he played in the AAF, which has been um, – disbanded since then then in the xfl plays in 2020 that has ended too so he was just ending leagues left and right here um but he got into the nfl in 2021 was on the practice squad and then um played three regular season games for the jets didn't make their squad this year but if the dolphins are going to go out of their way to cut jamal perry who's been on the team for three years to get campbell they obviously think highly of this guy brian flores said he's smart and a good tackler He's 5'11", 190 pounds, so we'll see if he makes anything out of himself. He's kind of got that cornerback safety look, so it's not a surprise that Brian Flores um, was intrigued by him. So, um, Paul, we talked about the practice squad here as well. I mean, right now, as the time we're recording this, we've got 17 um, spots available, including the international spot. Only 10 have been filled. So you've got Reed Sinatta quarterback. Dokes and Laird, running back, Kirk Merritt, wide receiver, offensive lineman, Adam Pankey, and Derval Quarez Nito on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I like that group there on offense. I do too. I mean, it, it's there's a lot of guys on there that we talked extensively about this preseason or when Miami drafted them or when Miami signed them and the things that we like about them. And I like the fact that they get a chance to develop them. You know who I'm not excited about that we're going to have to talk about the next two weeks, though? Because we did talk about our run defense. And he just came up in chat, Ramondre Stevenson, which I know we're going to talk about extensively, but I just had to get that out there because somebody just reminded me we have to face him in week one. Yeah, but he's going to be third running back. I mean, behind Damian Harris and James White. I'm not. I, I don't I, ever I, trust a Patriots depth chart at running back. Yeah, that that's possible. They they like switching it up and running back every week. But no, I mean Stevens, he's he's a big guy with some speed, obviously. But also, don't trust your eyes that much in preseason because when you get to the regular season, you're facing actual starting caliber offensive linemen, or, or excuse me, starting caliber defensive linemen, I should say. You know, so we'll see. Um, I mean, I I would have liked if the Dolphins had drafted a running back like that in the middle rounds. We talked about that. 
didn't end up doing that. They wait till the seventh round, draft Jared Dokes, and now he doesn't make the team. He's on the practice squad. So I wish the Dolphins had done a little bit more. On the defensive side of the ball, four guys here. Um, you've got Calvin Munson, Shaquem Griffin. Glad to see both of them back. They can easily be called up on game day. Cornerback Javaris Davis. I'm, I'm very excited to see him back. He showed a lot this preseason. And Jabal Sheard. And Jabal Sheard is a player back 10 years ago in the 2011 draft, the same draft the Dolphins drafted Mike Pouncey. Sheard went 37th overall. Uh, and he was someone I loved in that draft. And he, he became a really good pro. He's obviously 32, fallen off. He's been with the Jets and, or excuse me, the Giants and Jaguars the last two years. But, you know, 53 career sacks, 106 games started. Somebody that can also be called up on game day. Yeah, no, I like I like the Sheard pick up uh, um, for the practice squad. So that's that's I think a good thing here for Miami, uh, a team that if they do uh, lose one or two guys, their pass rush will seriously be deteriorated. So it's good that they've got some options there potentially. And when I look at the practice squad, I I really hope they keep this at sixteen or seventeen players, even after we get get past the coven ridden seasons i mean uh there's no I, reason not to i know and 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 i like too that it's depressing watching hard knocks and seeing these guys who played well in preseason just get cut and it's may not ever play football again even though they've played well it's one thing now if you've got 53 players on a roster and 16 on a practice squad 32 teams in the league you're probably not good enough if you don't land somewhere and I, I think that's how it works out. Warms my heart too. And I, you know, I'm not a, not an overly sensitive guy, but it war- it warms my heart. Right down in the cockles. I think. Uh, Ninety two hundred dollars a week. These players are going to get. So if you're on a, a roster, a practice squad for 18 games, you're going to make 165 grand throughout the year, and you could probably do that for a couple of years. So good for these guys. Uh, good good for the players like Kirk Merritt who aren't just sitting there saying, you know, I've done everything I can. I had a great preseason and it still wasn't good enough. He's going to be able to to make a nice paycheck here and probably get on the active roster at some point. Well, and, and David Cantor, actually, um, I think I shared it out. Um, one of his clients literally signed on as an undrafted free agent, I think, back in 2015. And has bounced between preseason rosters and practice squads and unemployment ever since, and finally got signed to the Browns' active roster when the 53-man roster cuts took place. Uh, I mean, talk about some absolute perseverance. And, and <sighs> you see guys start going through this and quit. And I'm sorry, sometimes life is hard, and, and you know maybe you get there, maybe you don't, but you don't have that many opportunities to play pro ball so if you've got any shot at all of developing as a pro ball player see where it takes you like don't just quit because you're not on the active roster for you know the way that you expected to you know play out your madden career yeah absolutely in, in our chat where, where's the where's the guy somebody said here uh yeah, that brought up minors Brian Cox has a message for you Bills fans here. That that does never get old. But you know what's also funny? Brian Cox's son, Brian Cox Jr., plays for the Bills. <laughs> he, he's on injured reserve now, but still, small world here. 
It's got to be. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, well, well, I'll tell you, Paul. I, you know, the, the players that I liked that got cut were Kirk Merritt, Derval Quarez, Nito, Javaris Davis, Patrick Laird, all back on the practice squad. So I, I, I can't think of much more of a win than that. So I, I'm elated with how this 53 man roster, as of right now, has played itself out here. And also, they get to stash Lynn Bowden. Uh, Lauren L. Coleman, some guys with potential Vince. really on their roster for next year. So that, that works out too. Any other thoughts here from tonight? No, I mean, I, I, I had to laugh because uh, somebody brought up Quinn Miner's belly in our, in our chat and that just cracks me up every time. But no, I mean, it, it's I'm excited. I'm glad to have the final, regular season finally here. This offseason was exciting and felt longer than others even though it kept moving along there just was so much to talk about so much to go through so many different things this year and it was a lot of fun it was and now we're really going to crank it up a notch and there was so much more to talk about here in 2021 than there was in 2020 for obvious reasons so i'm you know it kind of put things in perspective thank you all for being part of that too um and uh, moving forward here, we're going to have Derek Havens here, our Patriots correspondent, previewing the the Patriots roster here. Should be sometime Tuesday or Wednesday during the day. It's going to be live, but hey, we we know people are working, so you know we're uh, catch us on YouTube, on iTunes, everything like that. Paul and I are going to be breaking down the show on Thursday and Friday as well, uh, or Thursday or Friday, probably Thursday evening. We'll send out an alert on that, too. And we're going to be here Sunday night, win or lose, after the Patriots game, too. So from here, moving forward, till the end of the draft, we're looking at three shows a week, so be sure be sure to be with us on that. And Sunday night after the Patriots game is probably going to be late because I will be heading back from Foxborough for that game. So just as a reminder for our fans, we'll probably be a little later than usual on that one. No problem. That's my night to stay up late. Other nights, I go to bed at eight thirty. So, uh, perfect. That's gonna that's gonna do it for our breakdown here of the Dolphins' fifty three man roster. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, the finfanatic.com website, and the fan sided network. I'm Brian Cat NFL Paulus Fanatic underscore Pick. And if it's not on the right side, and it's not on the left side, it's on the fin side. <laughs>